0: Well, we are so glad that you are here today, and it sounds like you're glad that each other is here today. That's a, that's always fun when you get a little bit of a hubbub in the greeting time. It um, means that there's some joyful hearts in this place, and so we're just glad that you're here. If this is one of your first times here, we're glad that you are here and you're joining us. Um, we say welcome. Thank you for taking your time and being here today on this day, and we um, just we love that you have said, I'm going to spend some time in the presence of the Lord and that you've decided to join with us. And if you would like us to get to know you a little bit, I'm going to ask you to do something for us. And that is either fill out a card um, that's in one of the seats in front of you. Um, it just says connection card, or you can uh, hover over the QR code that's on the screen, and it'll take you to a form that can you can just fill out. It gives us a little bit of information. So that we can get to know you and we can find out are there ways that we can help you on your journey and as you're just either you're looking for a church home or you're just you're passing through or you've got some needs in your life. We would like to be able to minister to you in some way. And so we just invite you to fill out those cards. Um, If you fill out a hard copy card, there's a box out in uh, the Connection Center area that you can drop those in. And um, we just can then have a way to contact you and and just see how we can connect with you in some way. So we're just excited that you're here this morning. At this point, I'm going to ask our kids Our PV kids, first through fifth grade, if they could stand on up and head towards the back. Uh, Tom and Julia are going to be leading you today, and so they're going to take you on back. And it is going to be a great day hearing about what God has in store for you um, and just ministering to you in, in your way. And so we're excited for what God is doing in the lives of our kids and how he's just continuing to reveal himself to them. Um. We also have a couple of announcements um, that we are going to just make you aware of. Right after service today, we are having the big training day. Why not have the big training day on Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, it makes sense. Train, you're you're all set, you're ready to go. Put me in, coach. Um, So even if you did not sign up for this, we're inviting you to stay Because it is going to be a way for you, if you are a a teacher in our early childhood or in our PB Kids uh, classes or on our Wednesday nights, um, just a way to get resourced. So this is for our teachers, our assistants, our Swerve helpers. Um, It's for everyone um, who is currently involved. And if you're like, hmm, maybe I want to find where I should get involved this could be a way for you to find that out. You can talk with some of the leaders and get to know uh, what it's all about and say, yeah, I'd like to do that, or uh, maybe kids isn't my thing. But I, I can still go, and I can get some good food and get some resources uh, that can help me in life in general. So those are all good things. So we invite you to stay for that um, and, and just see what God has in store for you there. We also have a Souls for Jesus team that is going to be going out on March 2nd. Um, and doing a, a packing down at the Souls for Jesus Distribution Center. Uh, Liz Fisher is going to be leading that. I saw her. Could you just wave your hand? And so Liz is coordinating that, and she does a great job, and it is a great ministry of just being able to provide a tangible need along with the gospel message as those shoes go around the world and minister to those who need them um, in that way. And so we invite you to sign up for that. You can do so um, on uh the church center app and um our own csm group is going to be going as well so it's going to be an amazing time just being a part of that and ministering there at this time i'm going to ask our ushers to get prepared to take our morning's offering um and so as we like to say around here we give our first and our best to the lord we want to give him all that we can our first and our best in our finances in our our time and our energy And so, Lord, we just thank you that we have an opportunity like this to gather together, to be in your presence, to know that you are with us, and just to be reminded of your great and steadfast love that you have for us. And so, Lord, today we want to worship you with our offering, with our finances. We want to give you our first and our best of that, and just know that you will do some amazing things through that in our own lives, in our own households, and through this church as well. And so we thank you and we just give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In just a couple of moments, Chris Austin is going to come up and she's going to share uh, about the wonderful things that are happening at Ozaki Christian School. Um, but before she comes up, we're going to play a little video. So I invite you to turn your attention to the screens.
1: Academics do play a huge part in the way your future will be shaped honestly because all the schools that need high GPAs or you know, amazing classes you're to take. So learn as much as you can from here and when you go to high school, you're gonna be way better prepared in academics and other, than other kids. High school did not seem difficult after going to Ozaki Christian. All the teachers were wonderful at teaching and making a connection with the kids.
2: History class right now is like that much of what we did in 7th and 8th grade. I I learned so much more in 7th and 8th grade than I do now in high school. Seeing Biblical principles applied not just in Bible class, but how does this apply in math? How does this apply in science? How does this apply in all areas of life? Even at a young age? They're able
3: to take that faith and really expand upon it and make it their own. They know who they are in Jesus. They're praying for other people. They're thinking about what other people need outside of themselves. And I don't know that those are things that they would have gotten had they not been here.
2: My four closest friends from OCS, I love them to death. (sighs) I think OCS, Trained us all how to be better friends.
4: He has carried with him the lessons he learned here, as far as his faith, his friendships, and his concern for his fellow students. Every day, there's something new that our our children come home from school and tell us about school and what they did and what they learned about God and how. It, and we just we just see the impact that it has on them, and it has an impact on us too. OCS is very important because you are raising children and you want children to be strong.
2: Uh, spiritually, number one, emotionally, physically, mentally. This school has all of those to offer, and I've seen it with my kids. So please consider because when your kids is doing well, parents are happy, and it gives glory to God. And that's all that matters. one. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. If I'm in the grocery line and I can choose between two, I will always get the wrong one. Thank you. If I could have that slide up. Thank you. You are so good. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for the opportunity to just take a a small portion of the service today to say thank you and to kind of give you some great news about what God is about at Ozaki Christian School. Next slide, please. We are celebrating our 34th year of serving children and their families in both Ozaki and Washington counties. But our very first location ever in 1990, next slide please, was actually right here. And many of you know that, but many of you don't know that OCS began here as part of a dream of Portview Church at the time. So I want to say thank you so much to the board and to the staff and to the congregation for going and traveling this journey for 34 years with us, through the thick and through the thin. What you see there is our first Christmas program, December of 1990, 13 kids. And we were across the hall. It was our fellowship hall at that point in time. But again, thank you so much, congregation, and board and staff for believing God's dream with us for Ozaki Christian School. Next slide, please. Well, we are super excited as I visit different churches this winter and spring to share with you that after prayerfully considering for a number of years the opportunity to join the Wisconsin Parental Choice Program that we as a leadership team at OCS have determined that now is the time to offer families the opportunity to come to OCS tuition-free, so that all families, regardless of income eligibility, have the opportunity for a Christ-honoring education for their children. I would love to talk with you after the service today. I have a table out near the front door. It's a very simple application process. I can show you some of the details, but I'd love to walk you through that because I would invite you to join us next year at Ozaki Christian School, located in Washington County, just barely over the county line. But I can tell you that great story if you don't know that story. And my last slide, please. As I visit with friends and families at our churches this winter and spring I think it's important that I I share with you the impact that you are all having on the students at OCS, and I call that our fruit report, Evidence of God at Work in the Hearts and Minds and Lives of Students. I have two brief fruit reports, one from a middle school teacher, fifth and sixth grade middle school teacher, and her statement was, I was showing a little stress after going through my brother-in-law's death and my niece's cancer needs. I was obviously showing that stress. Blank stayed behind from lunch and prayed with me. That was incredible. And when she told me who it was, it truly was incredible because I would never have dreamt that that student had the compassion and the empathy to see the need and then act upon it. But that's what happens at OCS. Students are growing in fresh ways and walking outside the box. And then from Fayed, Mrs. Shane, she said, first graders were playing a relay game. And one team kept winning. The losing team kept cheering them on and clapping for them. And then the winning team began cheering for the losing team. Everyone was just so very encouraging. So ways that you are investing with your prayers and your Kingdom Builder finances, thank you so much. You are you are literally part of the OCS story, Portview family. So I want to say thank you so much for joining with us to prepare and to equip this next generation of godly influencers and culture warriors for his glory alone. Thank you so much.
5: Well, good morning. morning. It's good to see your faces. Glad you're here today. This Sunday is going to be just maybe a little different than a normal Sunday because we are dedicating the majority of our service today to a report from our team that just got back from Las Vegas doing a big search. The big search, you'll learn a little bit more about in just a moment, but it is uh, an endeavor around the Super Bowl in Las Vegas to search for missing and exploited children. And we had 13 individuals that uh, spent five days there last week and are here today to kind of tell you what God is doing in the result of their endeavors, but also to focus on the need that we can pray for and continue to be engaged in with the great need of missing and exploited children here, not only in Las Vegas, but here in our area as well. Uh, Before we watch a video, we're going to actually watch a video in just a moment from a friend of mine that I went to college with that started Free International, Um, and as we were beginning our GO teams last fall, we as a staff were just really drawn to this opportunity, and and, uh, we're looking forward to not only seeing the video from Mike, but uh, he'll be coming to join us uh, during our Missions Month on May 5th, and tell us a little bit more about opportunities we have to be light in dark places. Um, Before we go on, before we show the video, uh, we do have some sadness and joy in the room today. And uh, we had two losses uh, of life this week. Um, Helen, Tom's mom, as well as Gary Oslin, passed away this week. And uh, there is sadness that goes with loss of people that we care about so much. But there is also this sense of accomplishment, of moving on into what we all look forward to our ultimate physical healing for once in all time. I was. I appreciated Pastor Mitch's uh, choice of songs today that we're join, joining with a chorus singing. And uh, if you don't know Gary, uh, Gary spent a lot of time sitting on that chair right there singing, playing our guitar. And I was just imagining, I, I think he plugged in this morning. I don't know what kind of amps they have or who's running the sound up there, Right? But I'm confident we joined him in worship today. We joined in Helen today as well. And uh, so we remember them. And uh, everything we do does have meaning, doesn't it? So watch our video together. Right after the video, we are having a presentation for our two leaders from, uh, from our Vegas team. So uh, Jeff and Mark will be coming right after the video.
6: Hey, every church out there that's jumped in on this Freedom Sunday, we're so excited. Really the beginning of what we want to see to be an annual event where we take Super Bowl Sunday, which is kind of like being a holiday without really being a holiday, and separate it so that we might pray, draw attention to, mobilize the church around the finding and the the rescuing of those who are being trafficked right here in our own country. You guys are at the beginning of this. We're so excited and thank you for that. Man, the Big Search started 16 years ago as a Super Bowl outreach. And every year since then, we've highlighted work at the Super Bowl city. And for the last six years, we've highlighted work right here in Las Vegas to reach a top 30 list of missing kids, almost all of whom are being exploited. We're working with law enforcement at every level here, federal law enforcement, state law enforcement, local law enforcement, all embedded with Free International as we mobilize the church, as we use our resources to reach out to those kids. At this big search to this point, we have found eight of those kids for the glory of God. We've had huge, huge benefit from having the church be very present in the middle of the need. That's what Free International is all about. That's what the church should be all about. God is our refuge and our strength, very present in time of trouble. And the big search is there to help churches mobilize toward the needs so that we might be very present at these kids and these families' time of need. You guys can be a part of that. You are a part of it by highlighting this around Freedom Sunday, right here on the Las Vegas Strip. Super Bowl is here this year. God is doing amazing things as the church is present. If you wanna be a part of efforts in the future around a big search or just work with Free International to mobilize in your community, Hit us up at freeinternational.org, message us, we wanna be a part of that. One of the things we've launched as part of all these initiatives is a national task force called the Shepherds. We're going into communities all over the country, whether it's uh, uh, suburban, rural, urban areas, to train our churches how to be able to find those who are missing and how to identify and be present in the lives of those who are being exploited. We wanna be able to work with you on that as part of the Shepherds. Shepherds are an awesome thing that we're moving forward on that you can be a part of. So thanks for being a part of Freedom Sunday. Check out being a part of the Shepherds. Thank you for all you're doing to help us be present in the middle of the need. Hundreds of kids have been found over the years at these big searches that went from just being a Super Bowl outreach to us doing four to five of these a year in cities all over the country. You have helped us be a part of that. You can be a part of it in the future. Let's continue to work together with missions organizations like ours and churches like yours to reach the one until everyone is free.
7: Good morning. Uh, I just want to start out by saying what an honor it's been to serve uh, with a team of 13 of us, phenomenal, um, really proud of everyone. And thank you, Pastor Paul, and really thank you, Portview Church, for allowing us to be um, to go on this mission and to represent you as a congregation. We appreciate your prayers. So the big question for us was why did we do this? Uh, when Pastor Paul approached me about it, um, I was game on right away. I mean, helping find missing kids. I'd say for myself, over the last number of years, I've been pretty fed up with a lot of things in society, um, human trafficking being one at the top, so so why not take the opportunity to be the hands and feet of God and, and help out some trafficked kids? Um, just a little bit about the trip. <clears throat> I think you all know today is, besides teacher training and besides Chris being up here, what is today? Today, what's a big event today? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. So, for us, this was really being a part of of what was going on there. And so, on an average Super Bowl, when it's not in Vegas, there's at least three hundred thirty thousand people. They say come to a Super Bowl city uh, with almost eight hundred million dollars worth of disposable income they bring with them. And in Vegas, they're saying that that possibly doubles. Um, and the sad part about it is the statistics are is that about 10,000 sex trafficking victims are brought into those cities. And in Vegas, they say that doubles. So that's, that's what we're doing, trying to reach out and, and help with that situation. Uh, sli- if you could throw a slide up there, I think it would be this, the, go to the next one. 2,300, so when we were training for this for the last couple of weeks, uh, we learned a lot, and this is all extremely heavy, um, but 2,300 was a number that stuck. 2,300 kids a day go missing in the United States, 2,300. Do the math, that's over 800,000 kids a year in the United States. So that's the reason why we're doing this.
4: It's pretty heavy. So um thinking about why I decided to do this. So um, have any, any of you seen the movie Sound of Freedom? All right, pretty intense movie. And I, I was trying to think about that. Gracie, did you go on that with us as well, or was it just Mom and I, probably just the two of us? But um, anyway, that that to me was a really deep movie. It was about a government agent that went vigilante, and his whole, it's a true story, and basically he went out uh, on a mission to save hundreds of trafficked children, and uh, when I saw that movie, it just hit me. It's, it's the kind of movie you just don't want to even go to. It's like, are you kidding me? This is really happening? And so uh, a couple months later, Paul announces, hey, we're doing this GO team, and I'm like, I'm going, because I want to be just like that guy that saved all those kids, well, maybe not a Bengali, but you know. Um, <laughs> so, but I was excited to go. And the other thing I really loved about going to this was that I've been on many mission trips, uh, even through this church, and a lot of them, you know, going to Jamaica and other places where is where you go out and you're you're there ministering. And what you've done, you've kind of left there. You know is awesome experience, very growth, you know involved, and so forth, but with this particular one and, and the goat teams in general, to be able to go out and do what we did and then come back and be like, "Wow, we, we can actually do this in Milwaukee too and there's a couple of people here, I look at David and Michelle in the audience. Raise your hands guys so the, these two and paul they're with a group called the guardians they They are amazing people and already into helping children with you know child abuse and so forth and helping them after the fact, right? And so I I'd encourage you to seek these guys out at some point, just to talk with them about it. They're just passionate about it. You guys came to me right after the announcement, hey, who wants to go? And you're like, I'm in, I'm in. I'm like, all the energy, what's, what's going on with these two? So, um, so th- those are the two reasons I really decided to, to go myself, and it was just a great experience.
7: Great. So what do we do? I'm sure you're wondering. Um, we joined with Free International. You saw um, Mike Bartel, awesome, awesome man of God, and a great organization that does so much more than just these um, big searches. But we were a part of the big search for Vegas the week leading up to it. And so for us, we were on the first wave. We were last weekend. We we went Wednesday night, so we started Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we were the uh, we were the front wave. Um, and and we canvassed. If you go to the next slide. So we canvassed, and so I'm sure everybody here has seen detective shows, right? Uh, Something goes down in a neighborhood, and the detective is there, and he points to the two rookie cops, and he says, all right, you two go canvass the neighborhood, (laughs) and they roll their eyes, and and they have to go door to door. Well, that was us. We were kind of the rookies rookies coming in early on, and uh, so we were taught. We did some training leading up to this, Um, and we were taught how to canvas. Next slide, please. So really, we were given a booklet, and and these are actual faces of some of the kids that we were were looking for, looking for leads on. Um, So we had this booklet with 31 kids, and so we were taught how to, in groups of uh, about five of us, so we were split into three teams. Um, The organization is set up, they are high-tech, Uh, We had apps on our phone. We were given zones that were, uh, you know, had boundaries. Um, They were tracking us for for safety. Um, So we were supposed to go into those zones, and we were supposed to reach out to uh, go up to gas stations, hotels, pawn shops, fast food restaurants. And so here's us in some pretty sketchy, sketchy areas, sketchy neighborhoods. uh, walking up in, into like a, a, a convenience store, going up to the clerk and just handing them this brochure and say, hey, can, w- we're with a non-for-profit organization. Could you take a, a minute here and just look at each of these faces and flip through this book and let us know if you recognize any of them or if you've seen one of them. Um, we're just doing, doing our part to try to gain some information so we can pass that information on to our team so they can help find these kids And get them help Um, and it was successful for us we'll we'll have stories on that on that later so then at night um, a couple of the nights we also walked both the main downtown strip of Vegas and then the second night Fremont Street we weren't supposed to be canvassing at night but we're just walking up and down the strip trying to see if we recognize any of these kids and to again send information back But in total, uh, there were a total of 98 volunteers from 10 states, and over the course of the time that we had worked, 105 tips for missing kids. Um, So then the rest of the week, our leads were used by the shepherds. He mentioned the shepherds, a group of, I think, 33 or 35 well-trained individuals, some of them former FBI, former military, that then take that information and do their job to actually go and find these kids.
4: So this is an example of one of the brochures. So so we all had these brochures, and we, I mean, it was kind of, it really stretched us as individuals, most of us, because, you know, canvassing, in my world, that's called cold calling. You know, I used to sell software. So you're going to somebody you don't know at all, it's a little bit, like, uncomfortable, and you're saying, hey, look, could you help me out? And you start showing these pictures, and you let them know what we're all about. And interestingly, a lot of people were really, really open to share information and take the time. But also many were surprised. They're like, are you kidding me? There's that many kids that are missing? And I, we, we were surprised that they were surprised. We're yeah. like, wow, this is you think it's very common in Vegas. But um, our leaders, the shepherds, as they call them, They were telling us, look, you might be canvassing for hours, and we basically put in 8 to 12-hour shifts doing this, and uh, you may get nothing. You may literally be out talking to dozens of people, and they they may not know, and many times that was the case. But we had a few times where they did say, well, yeah, actually, I did see that person, but it was a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago. And at that point, that was good information that we had a lead on where they were, but you couldn't get any descriptive information, like what were they wearing, what did they look like, et cetera. But there was one day where uh, me and the three of you guys, right, were together, and we went down the road in our geographic area. I think we went a little bit too far even, Probably. right? <laughs> so, and uh, we, we went a little bit too far. We went to the last hotel. Would we go too far? Okay. Okay, I was trying. <laughs> so... So we went a little bit too far, but we go to this hotel called um, California, what's it called? Oh, Arizona Charlie's, right? So we go in, I believe uh, Mike and Michelle were in the car, Dave and I go in, and we were in for quite a while, right? And uh, I go talk to a security guard, it's a little bit medium-sized you know, casino, Dave goes somewhere else to find another security guard. All of a sudden, Dave comes back real quickly over to me and the security guard, and the security guard he talked with Showed him the pictures. He's like, oh, my gosh, I just saw this guy this morning, like four hours ago. And so that was just so exciting. Next, next slide. I don't know if you have a slide on him. So, th- so this is Xavier. Um, you take a look at him, and if you saw him in the book, he's very clean and younger looking and not as dirty. But here, very thin and frail, uh, dirty, but getting this lead that was literally... A few hours, you know, after we arrived or before we arrived, was just really exciting because now we had individual. We could describe what he was wearing. We had pictures, the hat he had on, an Adidas hat, and we were the adrenaline just went through the roof because we didn't have a lead this hot. And so Dave was just giddy. He's like, "Okay, how do we go? How do we go find this guy?" And the security guard was excited to get his pictures. And uh, we went back in the back room, and all the ladies were excited they could help us. They were high-fiving us. And I think, Dave, you saw one that was crying too, right? So th- that's where it became worth it to do this, where it's like, wow, we, we could actually be a help to help find this child and save him. So, and, and I know today, we actually just asked yesterday. They haven't found Xavier yet, but we're keeping that in prayer that that would happen very soon in the next few
7: days. So, um, so Yeah. So then as far as the results, um, a, a couple things. The results, probably besides the found kids, I mean, that's really what we're, we're doing. That's huge. That's paramount. But also the awareness is a big thing within our hearts, uh, within each of us. I mean, we've heard stories that are unbelievable. And so we, we're wanting to help bring that back to our church. Awareness is huge. Um and it's gosh, uh it's it's the human trafficking issue, but um it's not just Vegas. It's happening in Milwaukee and and we're all foolish to think that it's not happening in Ozaki County and Washington County in this area. It does happen all around us. So we need everybody to to be aware. And the one thing that that a lot of things stood out to me, but one thing was this right here. This is a tool. Our our kids are being stalked. There's predators out there. The phone, uh, the the app, Snapchat, um, all the different ones, TikTok, all those things, predators use that to reach out and try to ensnare our kids. So... I'm not looking to freak anybody out, but we all need to be aware. Talk with your kids. I'm going to talk with my adult kids a little bit more about it, but you need to be careful. That and video games that are tied online, that's how they they do it. Um, But the results are uh, Mike had shared on that video before that eight had been found We're pleased and thrilled to announce that as of today, it's 16. So God has doubled that number. (laughs) Um, 16 of those, our kids, have been found. Um, Two human traffickers and one sex offender uh, were arrested throughout the process as well, too.
4: That's where when you see those types of results, it's like, wow, this is real. You know, I mean, coming into this, to me, it was kind of like you, you know about these things, but you ignore them, and you don't want to believe they're true. Until you see someone's name that's being trafficked, you ignore them and don't believe it's true until you see their faces, and you, you pretend that this isn't real until you find out what's happened here, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is real. And it's true, it's right down the road, too, not just in Vegas. But um, a couple other reasons of where we believe we, we met the need there was that the uh, leadership said, hey, look, we're, we're, our job is to canvas and find these children, but ministry first is the ultimate job. So so we're not just trying to find children, but we're meeting with many, many people, you know, in the shops, on the streets. We need to minister to them. So I just wanted to point out, too, that there were many opportunities where we were with these people, and, you know, they were concerned about the children, too, but we got to hear their stories and just say, hey, tell me about your story, and we found many that were Christians, many that we weren't sure were Christians or not, but we got to pray with many, too, and and that was so neat. I'm just kind of thinking of some of the stories, you know, going into the, you know, what was that one shop? It's like an auto shop, yeah, where a guy was kind of concerned. He was just there for three months, and he doesn't know if he's going to get a job or if it's going to be able to keep the job so paul and i got to pray with that gentleman and there was many opportunities like that then at the end i had to stay for a couple more days for business and the ladies gathered up all these grocery bags of extra food right girls so and they're like what do we do with these and it's either brian or maybe we did it together brian's like hey you know kind of a challenge why don't you give these out to homeless people while you're here and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so I did that. So after they left, I found, you know, four homeless people on the streets and ended up sharing with the team who they were. But it was just heartbreaking, the experience, going up to people that have nothing. They're putting up, like, cardboard boxes to live in. They're, two of the four were on drugs. The other two seemed totally fine. And it's like, wow, how, how is this happening? And to go up to them and share them with them a bag of food and uh, pray, I got to pray with three of the four. I mean, it was just, I, I felt so good. I felt like I was literally God's heart, God's hands, God's God's feet. But then when I left, I felt sad because like, wow, I, I helped him today, but what about tomorrow? You know, so, so that's where it really pulled on my heart to be like, okay, how can we continue this here? Oh, yeah. Um, well, hey, we got a few people we want to have speak to, so if you could just come on up. We're going to have a couple of other, other members of our team just speak briefly of what their experience is like. I mean, who's yeah, who is speaking? Yeah, whoever speak speaking. Okay. Okay, so we, we have Paul here. So um, anyone's you probably haven't seen Paul very much, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> He, he he is he's not been hidden, he's just fairly new with us and I think you said you're gonna start coming here full time, right?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, you said you said parcel time, he's gonna start coming yeah. here and there. Yeah. So but but just share with us Paul um what you know how you know why you came and, and how this might have like affected your heart, you know, coming with us to Vegas here.
1: Okay, thank you. Um Yeah, it's uh kind of interesting for me. Uh, It's the third time I've been to this uh, wonderful church, and um, everybody that was uh, the 13 of us, everybody is just so outstanding. Great, great, great people. I can't say that enough. And as my journey was going, I'm in the plane, and I'm thinking, I don't know any of these people, and I just, like, I'm going to be staying four nights with them. And um I snore, and uh, my, um, hey, let's be nice. Um, and, you know, it kind of evolved from there for me. Um, you know, what they talked about the shepherds and just how um, organized and graceful they were and determined and motivating and just outstanding. And I think, you know, having, you know, being a father uh, and working with our guardians of the children, you know, um, I, I really feel that, um, I was talking to Chris about this and how I feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of, you know, what's going to here, what's going to here, and I would tend to, I mean, I feel comfortable talking to people, but there was just, you know, talking on steroids, and, and you would just be imaginable what worked, what didn't work. Um, I was very, before I went, I was very down on society, very down on people, but there are some good people out there. There really, really are, and it's not... You know we give up and you know and believe in prayer and i really um I'm hoping to continue with the shepherds at, at some um at some level uh maybe on intel and uh the other thing is is you know Mark mentioned it, it was funny he said the three letter word was yet, and as I was getting down and looking at these and seeing some of the results you know after we got home. And I would, you know, pray to God in the morning, and I'm like, also in the word yet. Okay, we haven't found that person yet. We haven't, you know, because we, we called it, uh, one of the people up here said, you know, we're planting seeds and God's going to water it. So many good things, uh, you know, that stuck with me. But there's a, couple, a few more of us up here, so I'm going to turn it over to Roger.
7: Brian, if you could share
8: what the Lord has done. Sure. Did you want me to go? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I think, you know, one of the things was, like, one of my highs, I guess, um, that is that happened to me personally. So Alicia and I came back a little early. We were meeting with Mike um, and then another gentleman that runs the Shepherds. Um, just kind of meeting with him and talking through some things. And all of a sudden, Mike gets his phone call, and he's like, yep, uh-huh, okay. And we're just kind of like, oh, what's going on? So he backs up, and he goes, hey, um, so one of the girls that was on our list had called Mike, um, and she was trafficked to Los Angeles, and she had said that her pimp had just beat her, and she took off running. She was actually hiding in a neighborhood. Um, so Mike's talking to this other gentleman, and they're going back and forth like, hey, we gotta, how are we going to get a hold of her? Um, so in the meantime, she calls this other gentleman. He's like, yep, okay, um, where are you? Where are you? So she's actually hiding in a neighborhood away from her pimp, who went to go and get cigarettes. Um, so my like my first thing was like, I was like, hey, put me on a plane, I'll go get her. <laughs> um, you know, it kind of rips your heart out not knowing what's going to happen. Um, so the sub so gentleman's like, yeah, we're probably going to have to send a team out there um, to go and get her. So we fast forward like two days, um, and then we had a Telegram app that we were looking, you know, we'd have updates on, and it was a picture with him and her at the airport where they actually had sent a team. Um, to go and get her and bring her back to Vegas. And she's in a safe place now um, that people can take care of her and love on her.
7: Um, uh, A question um, that had been thrown out there is why are these kids lost and out there in the first place and why aren't they going to the police?
8: Yeah, so um, in our training, we had a lot of, um, they kind of told us the backstory of a lot of these kids. Um, And I think... So some of these kids, it's like super heartbreaking for all these kids, but like one of the girls we were looking for, she was getting trafficked by her own mom. Um, So in that situation, what are you really going to do, right? It's your mom that's trafficking. It's just heartbreaking. Um, Some of these other kids, you know, they have mental illness that hasn't been addressed or not on their medication. Um, So there's two things. They're either running from something or they're running to something, right? So maybe they have a horrible home life. Maybe they've been abused um, sexually, mentally. Uh, You know, there's just a ton of things. So they run from their house to get away from something that's horrible for them. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people out there that find them. Um, And, you know, they end up more or less into traffic, you know, kids, um, which is horrible. And these people, you know, these people that do the trafficking, they're very manipulative, right? So, you know, they'll tell them things. Hey, we know where you live. Uh, We know your mom and dad. We know your brother and sister. If you try to get away from here, we'll kill them. Or we will kill you, so they're kind of stuck in this thing that they're so brainwashed um, that they can't leave that they can't go to the police because they think something bad is going to happen to their family you know if you're a say you're a thirteen or fourteen year old kid and somebody says they're going to kill your mom or dad, you know you you have nothing else to do but stay there and it's just it it's super heartbreaking um, yeah and it just it rips your heart out
7: thank you um, Roger, you want to share sure. Maybe one of your high points?
0: Sure. Um, I'll just say on a personal level, why did we do this? Um, you know, sometimes opportunities present themselves. God brings things in front of you, and are you going to look at God and say, no, I don't want to do it? You know, you got to say yes, right? So this was outside of comfort zone for me and probably for some of the others. Some people are more experienced. But it was a city of contrast, grinding poverty next to extreme limousines and wealth and stuff right A block, apart of each other. So it was a very different environment for us to go into and just, you know,
1: searching for people and canvassing and asking people. And, uh, you know, I feel like it stretched me for sure in this. So I'd, I would encourage
0: anybody that has an opportunity to do something, even if it seems kind of crazy, say, yes, God, I'll do
7: that and see what happens. So I'll leave it at that. Alicia. So, what, what experience do you want to share?
3: Um, Brian this morning he said, "What are you sharing because we don 't share the same thing and i'm like i 'll find something else so um, so I just think like s- just sitting in the rooms in the room that we were in um, before we started each day, just seeing the amount of people that were working together towards the one goal of like helping and serving was amazing to me and if these kids knew how many people love them, like really love them, not even knowing who they were, like it could make a difference completely. Um, and then when we were sitting with um, Mike and this other gentleman talking and they got the phone call, I don't know if I've ever seen someone with so many emotions all at one time. the excitement, the desperation, the fear, the just the the pure glory of God having this girl, having her on the phone. So just all these emotions at one time in one person was absolutely amazing to me. And and then I was just thinking, like Brian and I, we do so much and I'm so exhausted all the time. And Dave and Michelle and I were talking when we were getting the car, uh, or waiting for the car. That took a really long time. And um, <laughs> Dave was talking, he plays softball with Portview, and he's a really fast runner. And we were talking about all his achievements that he's made in his life with running. And he was saying that uh, one of his proudest moments was his mom looking at, at him with all of the trophies that he won. And I kept thinking, and I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, I want God to look at me like that when I meet him one day. Like, so I just want to do what I can to be the hands and feet for Jesus.
7: Great. One other question for you. Where are they going after they're rescued?
3: That's a tough question. Um, so it depends on their risk factor when they're found. Some of them are um, ward of the state, um, and if that's the case, it just determines what's going to happen. A lot of times it's a halfway house, um, and sometimes they go in one door and they're out the, the back door as soon as they walk in because there's a trauma bound between the, the ones who are trafficking them and, and the victim. And they're feeling a need inside of them that they can't find somewhere else. And so sometimes they're just going right back to where they came from, which is really sad. If they are um, not a ward of the state, they can be placed back with their family, which sounds like it's a really great idea. But some of their families are what they're running from in the first place. Um, some of them are going to a safe haven, um, a facility that can help them um, emotionally get everything back um, together in their life which is really tough so if there's one out of these 15 16 that's amazing you know
7: good thank you Jim you can wrap it up here what, what was your experience you want to show? Uh,
9: my experience was uh, for one was just the the shock of how many kids are and, and adult, young adults are taken um, some are stolen right off the streets that was amazing that people would do this and I think one of the stories we went—we had this opportunity one night when we got back. We went to this. Uh, uh, there was a group there from Pensacola; it was a dance team, and they were a part of our team that was canvassing. But they also had this dance ministry, and the dance ministry is to bring attention to trafficking. And they did this performance that I—I I, just—I really couldn't even watch it. It was just heartbreaking. But I remember one of the stories in there, and one of the stories that really just hurt so badly was that this college girl met another girl, and she pretended to become her friend and wanted her to come to her house as part of a study group. And then when that girl came to her house, there were men there waiting to snatch her away. And it was just so hard to believe these are just normal college kids. It was four blocks from her own house, and it was just so sad to hear these kind of stories and that this is the kind of techniques that people uh, really use to try to uh, uh, grab these people. And a couple other things real quick was we went into one Panda fast food restaurant and there's a girl there probably 16 or so. We were showing her the pictures and she's looking through the pictures and she just takes it and she clings it to her heart and she just starts crying for these kids. It was amazing. It was amazing how many people just weren't aware that really loved on these people. There was a... um, Paul was... We went into another um, uh, facility, and and three of the women just got together and looked and looked and looked. And uh, they were so concerned about these kids uh, that are missing. So, the good news of this is that you know, bringing this to people's attention that it's going on, it makes us more observant ourselves and it makes us more conscious that it happens. It helps us to be a little more protective. Um, but uh, that's, it was just an amazing experience, uh, a very heartbreaking experience, but yet we put our hope and faith and trust in Christ and we keep praying for these kids.
7: Thank you. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up with a a short video here, just uh, some of our uh, highlights, I think.
3: like somebody didn't take care of them like somebody the, the fact that there's all those children on that board and there's still many more like somebody somebody failed them they
9: don't know anything better than they don't know love and they don't know unconditional love and joy and peace and happiness all they know is survival and that is <clears throat> pretty heartbreaking
8: between missing kids I couldn't
9: tell you how many places we went
8: into and we show them a pamphlet and someone says oh there's kids missing here People have forgotten about or brushed aside because it's, if you don't see it, it's not there, right? That's how a lot of people feel. Why isn't it on news? Why don't more people know about it?
1: And from so many different places, and they've all come here to find kids. Mm-hmm.
7: kind of cast aside in my own mind or ignore what's going on, um, but now I can see you can't do that. I mean, it's it's one person. If
0: one at a time decides
7: to take the
0: mantle and become an actual soldier of God,
3: we can make a big difference. Like they will do anything for that one. <music>
1: This is so amazing! I want to keep going. It's always I don't want to end, but I—it's not because I don't want to do more. So you know, all these kids
4: here—you know—they how could they ever survive in life? But yet, when God saves them and brings them to Himself, they become an amazing story for Him. And, um, you know, and we have an urgency
1: and an excitement, uh, passion. That's that's the Holy Spirit.
2: That's that's the Lord. It's that God would use us to reveal their blessing in their life and their legacy for their children Mm -hmm. and their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's the why. That's the why. That's the why. Mm -hmm.
5: Worship team's coming up, and we're going to be singing a song in just a moment. Let me read for you a verse. This is actually the words of Jesus that I think are important for us to hear. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I think we all felt watching this today and hearing the stories, we all felt a little darkness, didn't we? Like, how? Like, what? Like, even even so much as these kids are gone, but the, the fact of, and I, I keep on saying it to my wife as we've just been talking and just talking with Mike, I'm like, just that there's a market out there breaks me, Right? Just that, that there's that kind of darkness out there within people's hearts and minds. But here's the thing about Jesus. He brings light. And he pushes out the darkness. But let me, let me tell you how he does that. He does it here first. The light comes into our lives, Scripture says. Jesus comes into our lives. And the way in which the, the darkness is pushed back in the world is from the light inside of us. We bring Jesus to the dark places of this world. Uh, We've, for for a long time, have had these GO teams, local, regional, international. We've got the Souls for Jesus group going out soon. We've got another group going up to Spencer Lake just to do carpentry and craftsman things that need to be done up there. Uh, We've got a trip going to Moldova that's going to help build a church out there. All of us bringing the light into the darkness. And believing that 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 is what God has asked us and called us to because that is what God has already done in our lives. Um, Chris, at the end of the video, alluded to the fact that what we have the opportunity of participating in is believing and hoping that a legacy has changed. Here's the reality. Some of these kids are going through generation and generation of difficulty and difficulty and difficulty. It's like it's being handed down from generation to generation. But in Christ Jesus, he breaks that chain of generational struggle and he starts a new legacy. And so we're, we're going to sing a song in just a moment. And uh, we're actually going to be showing some of the videos or the pictures of these kids. I I was I was on the... The chat of the whole week of everybody that's talking as they're on, and I'm just reading as they're going location, to location, talking about where they're at, and, and at one point uh, uh, Jeff made the statement, and he said, "Let's keep finding our kids." And I thought, "Wow, that just kind of hit me that these these 31 are our kids, and they've never met them; they never met them. They're our kids." And, and I would like us to church, as a church kind of to adopt these 31. These are our kids. Some have been found but have a big journey ahead of them. Some are still out there missing. They're still our kids. And so as we sing this song, The Blessing, some of you may have heard it before. Maybe you know the words, maybe you don't. It is not just a prayer for us and our kids. It's going to be a prayer for these kids that their legacy will change, that their, their, their difference will be made not only as they grow up to be adults, but as they have kids, and their kids have kids, that everything changes because of Christ bringing light into very, very dark places. So we're going to have the worship team uh, sing. If you know the words, please feel free to sing along. But I'd like you just to look at the faces of these kids. And as we're singing the song, Pray for their legacy. Pray for their future. Pray for their now. That God really does
3: make a difference in their lives as he has in ours. Let's sing together.